Inside Adobe's Strategy to Rule Generative AI. Mark Wilson. The year was 2022, a lifetime ago. OpenAI, Midjourney, and Stability AI were going viral in an endless stream of posts shared on social media. The world dropped its collective jaw at the ability to type a few words and transform them into realistic photos, product renders, and rich illustrations. And Adobe, the most famous media editing company in the world, was oddly, even awkwardly quiet. For nearly a year. Yet half a year later, Adobe's stock price is no worse for the wear, as its revenue has grown 10% year over year. In a series of exclusive conversations with Fast Company, Adobe's technologists and designers shared more insights about what took them so long and why they believed that their slower launch will pay off in the long run. To Adobe, the future of generative AI is not about automated magic tricks dreamed up by a machine, but about sneaking AI into a creative's existing workflow and allowing someone to truly realize the picture in their heads, while promising that picture won't get them sued in the process. For us, over time, creative control is going to be a differentiator, says Eric Snowden, VP of Design at Adobe, who spends about 80% of his time on Firefly now. And I think that's what our customers want and why they come to us instead of someone else. Adobe's Early AI Dominance I'll start my story in a dark room in Santa Cruz, says Alexander Costin, with a hint of drama. Costin, Adobe's VP, Generative AI and Sensei, recounts being late to a presentation at Adobe's research retreat in 2018 when researcher Cynthia Liu was showing off a concept for GenShop, Generative Photoshop. Using a photo of herself standing on the beach, she was able to swap out her dress with a button press. It looked like science fiction to me at the time, says Croston, who connected after the demo to ask if this idea was real. She said, we have a demo. By 2019, Adobe had already been using AI in its tools for many years. Beloved Photoshop tools like Content-Aware Fill had been around for nearly a decade, and the company increasingly leveraged AI to power its reality-melting tools. In 2014, Adobe even made a play to offer some of this core technology as an SDK in an attempt to position its technology as a backbone of mobile apps while chasing continued relevance in the smartphone era. But for Costin, the GenShop demo provided a mental breakthrough about how Adobe should approach its software. If we actually embrace this vision of using AI as the core of the creative tools, how far can we take it? He asked. The question wasn't rhetorical. Around 2020, Costin helped lead the charge to more aggressive experimentation with AI in Adobe's apps, like neural filters, which used AI to colorize an old photo or even age someone's face. Neural filters proved to be one of the most successful features in Adobe history. Such features were landmark, Costin says, in that they were using AI to help artists create new pixels that never existed before. Much of Adobe's neural filters work was based on the machine learning of GANs, generative adversarial networks, which stacked two AIs against one another. Essentially, one AI would paint an image, attempting to convince the other that it was real, again and again, until the results seemed real to anyone. The curveball came in 2022, with the rise of large language models and diffusion models from companies like OpenAI's, which raised the bar of generated content by a solid mile. Adobe, sitting on decades of AI work, had plenty of talent, but no modern AI model to compete with. Building Firefly 
the Adobe team spent 2022 surveying the field and deciding how to respond. One of their early musings was, should it simply license this technology, like Dolly from OpenAI, and build its apps atop the models of other parties? After all, that's how most AI startups are doing things today, and the AI leader, Microsoft, ultimately invested billions in OpenAI instead of trying to beat it. HTTPS colon slash slash www.fastcompany.com slash 9093108 slash satya dash nadella dash microsoft dash AI dash frontrunner dot. The first question at hand was, how do we get this into our customers' hands? Says Ely Greenfield, CTO at Adobe. It wasn't, how do we build it ourselves? It's a feature, says Costin about Firefly's intentional blind spots around corporate-owned characters. We're not worried about short-term quality flaws. Down the line, he suggests that Adobe could always partner with companies either licensing their IP to expand Firefly's purview, or even building a custom model for a company like Disney to use its own characters for generative AI. In fact, currently, Adobe offers companies an enterprise version to train their own Firefly models. Designing an AI By 2023, Adobe had a plan in place. Costin stepped into his role on January 12th of this year to begin development on Firefly, and in a highly accelerated development schedule, Adobe shipped the first iteration of Firefly by March 21st. To do so, Costin says that Adobe shifted from design thinking, or a design-first methodology, to a research-first methodology. Basically, that means Adobe's research team led development by creating its generative AI model. Countless iterations of this model were handed over to the design team, which before they began working on the front-end design, put particular efforts into testing the model's functionality. So Adobe opened a Slack channel for its global workforce to try out the AI, and test for issues like bias, refining the model to eliminate the most egregious errors. While this sort of work is ongoing, Adobe did develop a system to help results feel more representative without actually eliminating bias in the model itself. Anytime you generate a person in Firefly, Firefly takes into account your location, and it cross-references the demographics in your area to generate an image of a doctor, teacher, or any other person most likely to be familiar to you. The catch, of course, is that such a solution doesn't really challenge stereotypes in regions where most doctors are white. An early Firefly beta, top left, and 2023 UA image, Adobe. As Adobe refined its model, the design team implemented the front end of Firefly extremely quickly. That's because it built the system to work with Adobe's existing Spectrum design language and UI logic, arranging the canvas and tools and patterns that would be familiar to any Adobe product user. In fact, every time you query Firefly, it's actually referencing a dozen or so different Adobe historical AI models outside of Firefly, which is another reason the tools feel so familiar. It's like little pieces of a house coming together, says Hopper. And this is the regard where Firefly really shines. While I often find Firefly's generative models fall short of my inner vision, the act of turning avocado toast into a typeface couldn't be simpler thanks to its refined UI. Where Firefly goes next. For now, Firefly is mostly a standalone demo site, but its tools will increasingly work their way across the Adobe Creative Cloud we know, like Photoshop and Illustrator. Meanwhile, Adobe confirms that more advanced capabilities, such as generating full video and 3D objects, are on the horizon. 
But for Adobe, the ultimate question comes down to not just how well Firefly generates convincing images, but how close it can get a user to the core vision trapped in their head. That requires doing more than typing the perfect prompt. And this is where Adobe's team believes its advantage remains long-term, why it believes you'll continue to use its products to create and tweak imagery, even in an era when machines can imagine our dreams by typing. Some people say you'll tell the computer what to do, and it'll do it all for you. It's not going to be that, says Greenfield. It's going to be multimodal, heavily iterative, and involves styluses and mice and selection areas and timelines, and many of the same metaphors we use today. In other words, Adobe believes the future of generative AI is about what Snowden called creative control. It's the buttons and knobs, the selectors and erasers that Adobe believes will still remain key to editing media in the future, even when AI paints the first pixels. It's an argument that serves Adobe's extensive platforms well, but it's also the most realistic solution for creative professionals. The question remains, however, will Adobe be so bold as to break its own molds and offer up a unique piece of software within generative AI that creates the sort of magic we can't imagine just yet? When Adobe makes new products, we're successful when we're tied to a shift in user need, says Snowden, who cites that the countless photos taken by digital cameras necessitated Adobe's Lightroom even when Photoshop already existed. Will there be a shift with that in generative AI? Maybe. I don't think we have the answer to that yet. But we know the power of our existing tools and generative AI together, there's kind of nothing else like it out there.